have you with us on this Friday, October 6th, 2023. Jason Cole coming up in about 30 minutes. Uh, We'll talk with him about all things NFL. Also, the passing of um, really an NFL legend in Dick Buckus. Um, We'll also have Page versus the Prince, our week three, our week five. What am I saying week three? Our week five um, NFL picks. Hopefully we'll do better than we did last week because we could not have been worse. Uh, But first we say hello to our friend, the great Sam Yarnell, the Prince of Picks. No, I'm not. Oh, he has deleted his own moniker. That is it. He has deleted his own moniker after the Thursday night debacle just down the street from him in the nation's capital. (sighs) Who could have seen that coming, huh? Yeah, right. I, I listen. I'm, I'm not doing an "I told you so." Well, I will in a second, but the line just seemed fishy to me. The line just did not make sense to me for a team that was winless going on the road against a Commanders team that played so well against the Eagles. Something did not add up, and we found out why last night. Boy, did we find out why. Justin Fields. Looking like Joe Montana. Joe Montana? Wow. Put up a ton of points. Uh, For those who may have missed it, this was yesterday's show. Cue it up. Yeah, you must be missing something. It's the easiest bet of the season. Well, actually, I take that back. Easiest bet of the season. You just sunk this thing. No, no, no. Easiest bet of the season, quadruple unit, mega max, under 44 and a half in this game. How does this game score 45 points? No way on planet Earth, not even on Mars, should this game get to 45 points. This game's going under, put everything on it, go to the bank, take out three mortgages, put them all on this under tonight. No, you're scaring me. You're scaring me. One could have seen Justin Fields doing that with that offense. DJ Moore looking like Randy Moss uh, against a good commander's defense. Ron Rivera, however, I will say not all bad things came out of yesterday. Because if you listen to us the week before the season started, when Jason and I talked about all the futures that we liked... I said that my best bet for first coach fired was Ron Rivera. And Ron Rivera is getting canned this week. So that's looking good at least. At least we got one good thing out of last night, Jason. You think he's going to get canned this week, huh? Oh, he's done. He is done. Give Eric Bieniemy the keys to that team right now. See, and and here's the thing. Call me crazy. I don't hate the commanders when they do that, right? Eric Bieniemy becomes the head coach. He's leading that offense still. They bring in a good defensive coordinator. Hey, Lou Anarumo, what are you doing in a couple of years? I like that team. I like the team, too. I, I'm, I'm puzzled at how they could play so badly last night. It almost makes me wonder if we um if we've overestimated what we saw from them through the first 4 weeks of the season and whether it's time to put a you know a fraud alert on them. Fraud alert, you know. Maybe it's maybe it's time for a fraud alert on the 
on the commanders. Fraud alert. I don't think you can be a fraud at the commander's level just because, like, you have to be an actually good team to be a fraud, right? So what are we going to do? Call the commanders frauds for being, like, slightly mid like that's what i'd say they are they're a they're a mid team they're a very mid team so you can't call a mid team a fraud because what are you faking being mid it doesn't make sense pretenders how about pretenders i i still don't think that they're pretenders because i don't think that they're pretending to be anything right they're they're not pretending like they're gonna win the super bowl or even make the playoffs but i was thinking playoffs scrap it's going to be a scrap. I think they still probably could. And, and you know, I'd rather write this this week off as a one-off than the first three weeks of the season and, oh, yeah, all of last season as well when they were one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL. So uh, I'm not writing the commanders off after this game at all. It was a clunker for them for sure. Clunker. There was a lot, a lot of coaching mishaps that I think get solved when you offload Ron Rivera. And I think a lot of people in Washington agree with me that it's it's just Ron Rivera was here to do a job right and it's he came in when the the franchise was in turmoil and he was he did a great job of just keeping the football product to football right and he was very uh compartmentalized in football operations and he didn't let anything with the Dan Snyder uh, seep into the team. They've moved past that now and it's time for them to move past Ron Rivera as well. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if that happens this week. At 2-3, and three, three losses in a row after the promising 2-0 and o start. You got Magic Johnson coming out there saying, no fire. I mean, right. you know, when Magic Johnson is sitting there at the game, not looking very happy, making statements like that after the game, almost felt like a Jerry Jones type of thing. Yeah, No exactly. fire. No fire. I mean, it felt more like a, a George Steinbrenner kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, just, you know, which is what I think that that's kind of going to turn into in terms of just Ron Rivera leaving, not in terms of that organization at all. But uh, in terms of Ron Rivera leaving, it's going to be like a, you know, George Steinbrenner, Billy Martin kind of thing. What's like, it, mean? What's it like- mean for the Bears? What is that? What does last night mean for the Bears? Nothing. All right, we know what it means nothing. for the Commanders. Now, but here's the thing. I, I, I might agree with you that it means nothing for the Bears. I might agree with you on that. It means something for Justin Fields because anybody watching that game last night, Definitely. if and frankly, the last couple of games, if you have not seen the development and growth of Justin Fields from where he was two years ago to where we are now, then you're just not paying attention. His decision-making is better. The throwing is better. You see a quarterback in Justin Fields. You see it, and I don't know if it's going to happen with Chicago or if the well is so poisoned that it's going to wind up happening somewhere else. He is going to win in this league. I don't know if it's next year in Chicago, next year with another team. You know, they suck bad enough. They get Caleb Williams. They decide to go that year. I, I don't know. But something with Justin Fields now that I've seen in his development last year where he started to take a step forward and another step forward here in the last two weeks when they basically took the shackles off of the offense and let the guy be what he is, which is a talented athletic quarterback. But I see his quarterback play, his play at the quarterback position in the pocket getting better. And you know what? 
Some guys develop in year one. Some guys develop in year two. Some guys develop in year three. Some get thrown to the Wolves day one. Some get to sit for three years behind Aaron Rodgers. Some guys are Mr. Irrelevant and have no expectations and play on the practice squad and wind up being successes. There is no clear-cut path to how guys wind up being successful in this league. That's that's the bottom line. Everybody wants to have some cookie-cutter mold that this is the way it works, and this is how you become successful. We've got three quarterbacks starting in C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Bryce Young, all of them getting thrown to the wolves and being starting quarterbacks this year. And you know what? They're having varying degrees of success. They may all wind up being successful, but some get there faster than others. Right now, it's C.J. Stroud playing the best of these three quarterbacks. You just don't know. And I watch Justin Fields, and I see a guy that looks like he can be a capable, competent, exciting starting quarterback in this league. Am I wrong? Uh, No. Uh, It's why I was confused after the first couple of weeks when the Bears, you know, seemingly every Bears fan was like, all right, time to to move on from Justin Fields. We're going to get Caleb Williams with this first-round pick, right? Like, we saw Justin Justin Fields last year as a valid quarterback. Like, he's a guy who's... Who's who's learning and and sure maybe he was sl- had a slow start to this season right it's not uncommon at all especially for professional athletes to start their uh, their sports season slow we see it in baseball all mm-hmm. the time I'm not surprised at all by it I, I was very surprised to see the the sheer madness almost that under which bears fans were operating just ready to punt on him three weeks into his what is this his third season mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I didn't get it i still don't really get it i think last night he uh he proved a lot of uh, a lot of naysayers wrong um Justin Fields is going to be the Bears quarterback for a long time. I don't know if they're going to take a quarterback with either of their first-round picks. I think that he'll prove himself throughout the course of the rest of this season enough to where the Bears won't feel like they have to use those picks on quarterbacks. They may take a quarterback in the second or third round and try and develop him and maybe be a backup or get lucky on a long shot. But I I think Justin Fields is going to prove himself the the rest of the way with Chicago. You mentioned the three rookie quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. though. This season, Bryce Young's not going to be a starter. Bryce Young's not going to start 40 games in a Carolina Panthers uniform. We'll see. No, he's a bust. Time's going to tell. He's he's totally a bust. See, it's just not fair to, to, to label guys a bust. Some again, you got to look at supporting cast. You got to look what he's walking into. You know, Frank Reich getting his arms around this team. I, I don't. I won't label a guy a bust four games into his NFL career. I just won't do it. He might need I, to. I'm, he might need to go sit. He might need to go sit for you know a few games. Might need to go sit for the rest of the season if if it gets that bad that they think he's not capable of winning games at this level yet. You might have to go and sit him for, you know, a, a second half of the season. I don't know. I won't label a guy a bust that fast because everybody develops at a different speed. And again, you're comparing them to what C.J. Stroud is doing and what Anthony Richardson is doing. And yeah, against those two guys, you would. You, you would label the you would label him a bust if you if you put him up against those two guys. Um, and I wouldn't say, look, they, he doesn't have a lot to work with there in Carolina. So I'm not I'm not ready to crush him yet. 
There's there is not a lot. Speaking of, by the way, how do how do you think Carolina felt watching DJ Moore do that last night? <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. What that an effort! Incredible. What an effort but, from DJ but, Moore. Adam, I mean, not Adam. I'm sorry. Uh, Andy Dalton came right into that Carolina offense and you know make it made it work like a well-oiled he machine. Well, he made it work. I would also. Yeah. I would also say that there are more weapons in the Carolina offense than there are in the Colts offense so far, and possibly even the Texans offense. I don't think any of um, I think all three teams are, are kind of lacking in terms of uh, in terms of weapons, but that's neither here nor there. I'm just not going to label a guy a bust after four games. I just don't, I just don't think it's fair to do it because after the first four games of Justin Fields, we could have labeled him a bust. Go back and look at the numbers. You could, I mean, it's easy to do. All right, stick around. We're going to come back. Um, Sam and I will have Page versus the Prince, our week five NFL picks. Hopefully we do better than we did last week. Stick around. We're coming back. Face off for sports betting bragging rights. It's Page versus the Prince on the cash in. All right. Week number five in the NFL. I had to do a double take when I looked at our picks and records coming into today. It's not pretty. I am six and ten. Sam is six, nine, and one. I went one and three last week. Sam was winless. Yeesh. All right, Sam. We can only go up from here. Who do you like this week? I'm going first this week. All right. Sure. Um, So this week we'll start across the pond because we always start across the pond whenever we have these London games. Uh, We're going to go with the Lunder this week. 48 and a half between the Bills and Jaguars over in London town. In it, uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's a turf game. It's in London. Uh, Jags stayed over there this week, so maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less of a, of a true London game here. But I don't think the Jags are going to do anything against this Bills defense. Von Miller says that he's going to play this week. I doubt it. I would bet you dollars to donuts that his first game for the Bills this season is against the New York Giants. And I would bet you he plays about 25% of the snaps in that game. But that would just be if I were a gambling man. Oh, wait. I am one. Uh, <laughs> Bills Jags under 48 and a half over in cheeky London town. Uh, next Texans plus one and a half at the Falcons. I think the Texans offense is going to run is going to boat race this Falcons team. Uh, I think that they're going to score a lot. Tank Dell. I'm investing in him a lot in fantasy this week as well. Damian Pierce. Probably not going to have as good of a game as you might think, you fantasy owners out there, because that Falcons defense and Art Smith are really good at it, uh, or are really good this season, I should say. That said, I still like the Texans here on the road as a road dog. They're a hungry dog, and a hungry dog runs faster. Texans plus one and a half at the Atlanta Falcons down in Hotlanta next. The Philadelphia Eagles are only laying four and a half in Los Angeles against the Rams. This seems like it's the easiest bet of the week, even easier than the under in the Commanders Bears game. (laughs) So Eagles minus four and a half at the Rams. That's my next pick. Don't love to take a road favorite, but 
you got to sometimes. So we're going to take the road favorite in the Eagles, lay the four and a hook out in L.A. at SoFi. And the last one, we're going with the chalk for my over of the week. Chiefs Vikings over 52 and a half. The Vikings don't play defense. I expect the Chiefs to almost get this past the total by themselves. And maybe the Vikings will add a field goal here or there and push this one to 53. So that's what I like this week. Bills, Jags, Lunder. 48 and a half Texans plus one and a half at the Falcons Eagles minus four and a half at the Rams and then Chiefs and Vikings over 52 and a half. Well, we agree on one game, unfortunately, but I'm not going to change my picks because every time I do that, I wind up with going with a game that I don't like as much and I wind up losing and I'm not going to sacrifice my already terrible record. Um, I agree with you on the Jaguars and Bills. Jags can't score. They can D up pretty well, though. They're top 12 in the league. I think the trip to London has the Bills miss a beat. I still think they win. They're coming down a little bit off that win against the Dolphins. There's the obvious hangover from that kind of game, plus the trip over. Not a lot of points coming in this game. I agree with everything Sam said. Uh, Love the Lunder. The Lunder, I love that. 48 and a half. Go with the under. Uh, that's game number one for me. Cardinals plus three at home against the Bengals. It's going to shock you. Bengals offense has struggled. That has been a shock. Bengals defense has had to spend a lot of time on the field. They're bottom half right now. I've watched a lot of the Cardinals this year. And I think they were a lot better than their record says. They're playing above their level of talent, and Cincinnati is playing below their level of talent. Throw injuries into the mix. You throw in a, well, a quarterback right now that has clearly struggled with the calf strain and trying to get healthy while trying to get this team some wins. It's been a tough go of it. Been a tough go of it for uh, Joe Burrow in the early going. I love road. I love home dogs. Anybody who knows anything about me knows I love home dogs. Give me the Cardinals plus three at home against the Bengals. Game number two. Chiefs and Vikings in mini. Sam likes the over in this game. I like the Chiefs. The team just finds ways to win games. One week, it's Pacheco. One week, it's Patrick Mahomes. One week, it's Travis Kelsey. Everybody on this team is capable of stepping up in a big spot to help them win football games. Minnesota is the worst team in the league at turning over the football. You do that with this Kansas City offense, bad things are going to happen. Minnesota's turned it over 11 times in the first four games. Worst in the league. And KC hasn't been much better, by the way, with eight, but a bunch of those were last week against the Jets, too. I love the Chiefs on the road, minus three and a half. I almost call it a get-right game for the Chiefs because they weren't right last week and they still found a way to win. Love Kansas City, minus three and a half on the road against the Vikings, game number three. One more for you. Shouldn't shock you if you've listened to the show. Niners minus three and a half at home against the Cowboys. This is easy. 
Might be the easiest pick of the week for me. Dallas just isn't at the level of the Niners. And three and a half, that's a pittance. That's nothing. San Francisco's great on every level. Dallas isn't. San Francisco's at home. I've seen enough of these two teams through the first four games to tell you San Francisco is demonstrably better than the Dallas Cowboys. They're better at quarterback. They're better in the backfield. They're better in the receiving game. Maybe. Dallas does some great things defensively. The Niners have so many ways they can beat you. Christian McCaffrey goes off. Niners minus three and a half at home against the Cowboys. Jaguars, Bills under 48 and a half. Cardinals plus three at home against the Bengals. Chiefs minus three and a half in Minnesota against the Vikings. And the Niners minus three and a half at home against the Cowboys. Yes, Sam. I would just like to defend myself and say that I went one and three last week, not what'd 0 and you, four. What'd you get right? I got the uh, Niners minus 14 against the Cardinals, correct? Oh, that's right. You did. I'm sorry. My apologies. Let's. We will amend the records to reflect that Sam is 7, 8, and 1. <sighs> Only yeah. a little bit better, but hey, it matters. still below 500. Everyone matters. Everyone matters. I agree. Uh, that is Sam Yarnell, ladies and gentlemen. Sam, have a great weekend. I'll be texting you. We'll talk about winners <laughs> next week, Jason. Ho- hopefully, I'll meet you at the uh, at the window, right? Meet Not, me at the window. Meet, meet you at the window. That is Sam Yarnell, ladies and gentlemen. Say goodbye, Sam. Oh, look, there's two of me now. <laughs> oh, man. All right, uh, Jason Cole coming up in a minute. Uh, We'll talk to him about all things NFL, uh, including the passing of Dick Buckus. Don't go anywhere. Lots more to do on the cash-in. this Friday edition of the Sports Wrap and say hello to our good friend the great Jason Cole Outkick.com senior NFL writers hanging out with us on this Friday in sunny California where I am as well just a little up the coast a little ways up the coast um, alright Jason first of all let's talk about the game last night um, <laughs> I, look I mean Justin Fields looked really good now. Back-to-back weeks, you've seen some good stuff out of him. If you're the Bears, that certainly has to, to to make you feel good. But what happened to the Commanders? I mean, you got Magic Johnson after the game saying there's no fire. That feels like a flashing red light when it comes to the future of Ron Rivera with that team. They've lost three in a row. What do we make of the Commanders at this point after what we saw last night? Well, I'm not really going to take I – mean, look, Magic Johnson's one of my favorite players in history, but I'm not taking football advice from him. Um, so I'll wash that away at the moment. Um, I think they had a terrible game, and they have a quarterback who can't keep up against the guy who I think is learning to make big plays and change games. So this is what what Chicago did was what it did in the first half against Denver but failed to take control of the, t- of the game, okay? This time they took control of the game. A lot of that is because they were playing a substandard 
quarterback, right? So some of this, some of this is understandable in my view. Um, and I think that Justin Fields has taken huge steps forward. I think Ron Rivera, no matter what, is under you know a lot of pressure because you have a new owner. And a new owner is going to want his guys. It's that simple. And so Magic, you know, Magic may be, um, you know, putting on the red light, but this was known, a known fact. I mean, we didn't, we, we don't need to hear about lack of fire and all this other stuff. They lose, they lose. They're going to clear it out and get a new coach, a new GM, new president, all that kind of stuff. That's what's going to happen in Washington at the end of this year, unless they somehow make the playoffs. And I don't see that with this team. Um, does that mean Eric Bieniemy gets washed out with Rivera or could Bieniemy still wind up being the head coach there? He could end up being the head coach. He could stay as offensive coordinator. It depends on what they want to do. It depends on who they hire. So I, you know, there's a lot to, there's a lot to go here. Um, I think Bieniemy has been fine. You know, I, I don't have a big critique of him. He just, you know, the quarterback is the quarterback. Let's not let's not pretend that Sam Howell is some high drafted pick with all sorts of pedigree who we think is gonna be the next great thing. He's just a guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, move back to Justin Fields for a second. I don't know what you do if you're the Bears, because the winning the the lack of winning um, you're now in year, what, three or whatever here with, with Justin Fields, one and a half, two and a half, whatever you want to call it, by the time it's all said and done. Depending on where their record is, they've got to start making decisions whether he is their quarterback of the future. Some guys just take longer to develop than others. Some guys mm-hmm. are born on some guys are, you know, born on first base like Justin Fields, and some guys are born on third base with an offense like the Niners that Brock Purdy gets to play with. How do you, as a guy who follows this league, and has been around this league a long time. How would you, if you were the Bears, handle Justin Fields going forward, knowing that this year's probably already chalked up as a loss? You're one in four. You're not making the playoffs. How would you, if you're the Bears, proceed when it comes to Justin Fields? I'm liking what I see the last couple of weeks, and it's it's about training and having this guy understand we need you to be a pocket quarterback so that you'll last longer with the ability to run. I think who has made this point? It was Jordan Palmer. The guy's now quarterback coaching the, the brother of Carson Palmer played in the league for a little while as well. He said the greatest attribute that Patrick Mahomes has is not that he can run, but he's a great replacement runner. In other words, if you try and take yardage away on the outside, you're going to give him yards to run for. And he's going to look for the throw until he has to take those yards. Justin Fields, prior to this year, was a guy who was looking to run first and and reminded me and sometimes of what Adrian Peterson looked like early in his career because of his ability to, to beat angles, right? He could just destroy an angle um, where a defender thought he had him and then he'd just blow right on by him. Now Justin Fields is learning, okay, you want me to learn how to play from the pocket. He's starting to do it and it's starting to look really good because they have also, not only are they teaching him how to do it, but they're also giving him pretty good weapons. DJ Moore is a pretty good player to go along with, you know, Mooney. This is, you know, this is looking like it's going the right direction. And I think I'd like to sit tight unless the whole thing falls apart. Do you think that this head coach 
is is the right guy to, to sort of lead this thing forward? Or do you think it winds up being somebody else who inherits Justin Fields? No, I'd rather stay with Eberflus at this point in time because they have a plan and his staff has a plan for how they want it how they want to deploy Justin Fields. And I want to give him a little bit of time. Look, some to- coaches don't get it right away either. Mm. That doesn't mean that you're, you throw them out right away. Sometimes you let them develop a little bit, get some better players around them. I mean, one of the things, my biggest concern with Eberflus is defensively they're tragic, or they, at least they were <laughs> for the first, first four games of the season. Yeah, You forget about Justin Fields. They're giving up six yards of play. Six yards a play okay (laughs) like it's first and second down now we're on the next first down that kind of situation that we have on average against against chicago and so my question with eberflus is what are you going to do to get a better defense so that i can put fields in better positions to see if he's really a good player and and look fields is not perfect he doesn't read the field particularly well yet but he's getting there, and he has such remarkable skill. I don't want to give up on that. Yeah, I agree with you. Jason Cole joining us, Outkick.com, senior NFL writer. Uh, they got rid of Chase Claypool, send him off to Miami. Worth taking a flyer on him if you're the Dolphins? Yeah, there's some talent there, but there's a reason guys get traded like this. Mm. It's true. Right? I mean, <laughs> there's a reason that they are healthy scratches. Okay, like... Either they don't know the playbook and they don't know what they're doing or they're a pain in the ass. <laughs> and everything that everybody hears about with Chase Claypool is he's a pain in the ass. So he's on to his third team. Uh, you've got Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh sniping with his offensive coordinator. You have Mike Tomlin, who very clearly wasn't happy with what transpired last week. What do you make of the situation in Pittsburgh right now uh, vis-a-vis Pickett and, and frankly, um, sort of the Steelers unraveling a little bit here? Matt Canada's got to go. I mean, there's no other way to put this. Their offense is tragically bad, and they have players. Like, they have Pickens out there. You know, they have Deontay Johnson. They have Pickett, who's a pretty serviceable quarterback. They have Fryermuth. They have Najee Harrison. I can't remember the backup running back, but he's pretty good, too. Like, they've got weapons, right? They should be good. Um, at least serviceable. And they're not serviceable. And this is on the offensive coordinator, some point. He's been there long enough. This is three years. It's time to move on. And you listen to, you know, guys who are knowledgeable offensive people, you know, like Merrill Hodge in Pittsburgh. He's talking every week about how, you know, Canada's schemes are just horrific and and awful. You know, move on. Just, you know, get a new offensive coordinator. Or, Mike, you're going to get fired too. Wow. Because you're in charge. You're in charge, Mike. You know, you run the show. And and look, I'm a huge proponent of Mike Tomlin. I love Mike Tomlin as a coach. I think he knows how to handle players. So well, look, look at what he did, keeping Antonio Brown functional for as long as he did. And that's a dysfunctional human being, as we have found out. And he made him functional and borderline, you know, a guy that you would consider for the Hall of Fame. That's mm-hmm. how good a job Mike Tomlin did with him and with a bunch of other players, keeping those guys going straight. So I'm a big Mike Tomlin fan. But Mike, come on now. You got to look at your offensive coordinator and go, that's not good enough. Yes, he's uh, he's tight. He's uh, almost family to me. All right. And in, in, in that respect, you know, he and Tomlin are that close. But you got to win. 
And it's just like with a player. If the player's not good enough, he's got to go. You know, coach is not good enough, he's got to go. How much of the shine is off the Dolphins after what happened last week against Buffalo? Oh, don't overdo it. You know, look, they weren't as good as 70 points indicated, and they're not as bad as this game. They, you know, had a game that got out out of hand. The game against Denver, what people don't understand is it was played in Miami under, you know, in September. That's brutal conditions, and for for a team that gets behind, they're basically going to give up, okay, because they're beaten down. They're not only beaten, but they're beaten down by the heat, okay? You've lived in that. You know what I'm talking about, right, in September. So that game got out of hand. This game got out out of hand just like that. You know, Dolphins lose their left tackle. Um, They get behind. They have to force some things. Tua has to hesitate a couple of times, and then all of a sudden the game is out of control. Games happen like that. If you have Buffalo and Miami play seven times, you're going to have one game like this for Buffalo. You're going to have one game like this for Miami out of those seven games. And the other five are going to be much more competitive. And I would think Buffalo would probably win three out of those five. So I think Buffalo is still a better team, but they're not 48 to 20 better. They're just not. They're just not. This game, this game was one that you know, turned around very quickly. Is this the week that solidifies that it's Dallas, uh, that it's Philadelphia, uh, San Francisco and everybody else does, does, does San Francisco go out there this week and, and do a number on the Cowboys? I think that they're going to beat them and pretty beat them pretty handily. Although, you know, look, when you have a defensive line, that's as good as Dallas's, you can impact some games, obviously. Right. But this is a huge test against an offense that's that's rolling right now. I like San Francisco in this one. I think that Dallas has made this out to be too much. Like when Mike McCarthy is talking this week about, oh, this is a big game, and Jerry Jones is talking about how the Super Bowl goes through San Francisco. It's like, guys, you got 12 more to play after this. right? You got a whole season. You got a lot of stuff that's going to happen. You got injuries that are going to happen. You've got development of your offense. I mean, you're going from, you know, Kellen Moore to Mike McCarthy running the show, and it's only been, you know, four games. Where are you going to be in week 17? Let's worry about the long game here instead of worrying about this game. But, yeah, it's going to determine, is San Francisco going to be hosting in, hosting in the playoffs? Probably if they win this game. They're probably going to be doing that. So physically the road goes through it. But Dallas can still beat them because they've got Bless excuse you. me. Excuse me. Players. Dallas has some, you know, significant players. Again, if you if those teams were to play five times, I'd say 49ers probably win three or four of them. But that doesn't mean Dallas can't win. Yeah, I just don't think they win this week. Uh, I want to get this week. No, I, I agree. Uh, as a Hall of Fame selector and somebody who understands what that institution um, stands for and how valuable it is, give me a thought on on the passing of Dick Buckus. Um, we just learned of it last night at the age of eighty. Look, there are some guys who mark time and mark eras. Okay, who you say? That's the greatest player, not just of that era, but of all, you know, ranking him of all time. And Butkus transcends, transcends the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. He could play today. He was a huge man. He was a physical freak. He was intense. He was vicious. He set a tone for the game. People wanted to play like Butkus because he was so tough and he was so nasty. And, I, 
he's he's more he's more than just your regular Hall of Famer. He is a landmark in the NFL, if I can, you know, for lack of a better term, right now, right now, he and Ray Lewis. If you say I saw those guys play, it was a privilege to watch guys like that play to to study and see what they could do on a field and how they could change games. You put a Lawrence Taylor in that sort of category too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm just talking. I was just yeah, thinking no, I, middle linebackers, sure. middle linebackers, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Lawrence Taylor. I saw Lawrence Taylor play. Like, that was freaky to watch. And he plays at any time. It's sort of like the people in basketball who's always arguing, oh, that guy couldn't play today. Like, Larry Bird couldn't play today. Like, give me a break. Larry Bird could, <laughs> Magic could play today. There are some guys who couldn't play because they were able to be small forwards or big forwards at a time when that was meant you were six foot four, six foot five and or six foot seven as a big forward. And now you can't transition. That is absolutely true. But there are some guys who are so skilled that they play in any era. Bikes plays in any era. Lawrence Taylor plays in any era. Uh, Jason Cole could uh, talk football in any era. Does a great job. Outkick.com senior NFL writer. Thank you, my friend. Uh, always good Anytime. to talk to you. Have a great weekend. You too. Be good. That's Jason Cole hanging out with us on the show. All right. That's going to do it for us. Sports Wrap is done for this Friday, October 6, 2023. Appreciate you being a part of it. Enjoy the weekend of football. We'll have a full recap of everything on Monday. Um... Should be an interesting weekend around the NFL. I, there's a few games. You know, when we were doing Page versus the Prince, there were more than a few games that, that caught my attention. Baseball postseason rolls on. Divisional round starts on Saturday. We'll obviously recap that as well on Monday. Uh, thanks to Jason Cole again for stopping by. Sam Yarnell, the Prince of Picks. We'll see you back here on Monday. Have a great weekend.